0: Yo, 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 what up? <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to The Diary. And uh, it's nice to see you all. We are we're in between Christmas 2023 and New Year's 2024 at this point. What day is it? Today is the uh, freaking Thursday. Is it really? Thursday the 28th. And, uh, you know, a lot going on, as I'm sure is true of most people. Trying to have good family times and probably got people in town. You haven't seen for a while. I don't know. Is that like that for the world? You know, it's easy to get caught up in your own little ecosystem. So here in the States, it feels, you know, it's very common that somebody's mother-in-law travels in from Virginia and, you know, whatever. I don't have that, but you know what I mean? Both my, my mom still lives here and my, my wife's parents moved here years ago like 2005 or something. So, you know, we don't have to go far and nobody has to come too far. But, you know, people come from out of town. Anyway, the assumption is that's a common thing for a lot of people. People are spread all over the country. And so they around the holidays. That's when people travel and fly in and drive in and do whatever. Is that true everywhere? Like if I lived in, oh, I don't know, Wales, would we be like, oh, pish posh, mum's coming in from the north or whatever? You know, I don't know. Do you all just live in the same village? This is going to come off as like super stupid. I just don't know. I don't know what the, the traditions are like. Is it worth it to, to fly, to spend money, to, to bring your, your nasty butt to the, to the party? Or do you, you know, you just find it like say, ah, you know, she lives in Cornwall and we live here and, uh, some other wall <laughs> and, uh, you know, We see them different times of the year. Christmas, no big deal. Like, I I don't know how it works. So I'd love to, I'd love to hear. I'm not going to pretend I know, you know, I can make some, I can make some broad assumptions. But for the most part, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't, I don't know how people work or how their stuff goes. I'm not here to presume the traditions of others. I'm not even sure I, I'm not even sure I know what mine are half the time. I can tell you that this Christmas, this Christmas, I gave you a heart. Is that how that goes? My heart. And the very next day, you threw it away. Last year, you gave me some beer. I'll give it to someone special, right? Anyway, uh, (laughs) I won't say most, but many Christmases of my adult years have been, let's just say, disappointing. And it's not because I don't have the right family around or, you know, it's not that it's just, you know, the wonder of it all when you were a kid is just gone when you're, when you're older, like, I suppose it doesn't have to be, if you get the right attitude, you can have Christmas in your heart all year long. You know, I get it. Right. But that was a weird sound. Did you guys hear that? I don't know if you heard that or not, but I did. Uh, Oh, I know why. Let's put that... Let's let's do not disturb. There we go. Okay. Um, anyway, mine was just really nice and, I don't know, just felt chill. I haven't felt chilled out in a while on Christmas. I usually feel a little bit stressed out. And it's mostly just because the whole thing interrupts my cycle. Not my cycle. <laughs> it's not the right word. It interrupts my... um routine and and makes me feel a little off while it's happening. Also, most years I, I usually have some severe illness during Christmas. Although I gotta say, since COVID, outside of getting COVID in November of last year, I don't really get sick around the holidays. I think I'm better at avoiding big groups. But I was sick about eight days before Christmas and I think that was again because I went to a Christmas program And got in close proximity with a bunch of people who maybe had something. And uh, while it wasn't full-blown, you know, it wasn't COVID-19. It was uh, sore throat 2023 or whatever we want to call it. And it sucked and I hated it. But uh, it ended all, that all ended before Christmas. So, you know, I feel like I just kind of smooth sailing with one exception. I don't know why we can't just have one time where it's like, we're good, we're through this, right? Um, As many of you, I don't know, a lot of you are probably aware, last year my my wife and her family lost a sister, their oldest sister, to cancer. Uh, The funeral was in October. And uh, that was obviously terrible. Her birthday was actually yesterday, so there was a lot of thinking about that. And, um, anyway, as horrible as that was, and it was horrible and I wish that on no one and it was awful. Um, we kind of thought, well, all right, we're in the clear for a while on these sorts of revelations from family or friends or whatever. And, uh, nope, just got word of, uh, I won't get into specifics cause I don't know how much they want to have me talk blabbing out here in public, but. We have another close related family member who was diagnosed with cancer like a week ago or a week before Christmas, a few days before Christmas, and is now in the midst of getting, you know, MRIs and other tests and stuff to determine treatment and all that. So the worst part of that one is this person is very young, has, um, Six amazing kids ranging from age five up to, I think, 18, 19. Um, just a wonderful family in every way that I can think of. I love the kids. They're all amazing. And, um yeah, I guess that's all I'll say about it, except that it's just kind of more devastating news. So everybody's just trying to figure out what to do, what it means to be there for them during a time like this, what what all can be done. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to say what, what can be done without them telling you what can be done and they don't really know what can be done to help and I don't know, dude. It sucks. The good news on this one is it was caught a little earlier and that means they they think there's a clear path to uh, to remission. So... So that's good. But there's gonna be some some suffering in the middle of all that, and we're gonna do all we can here, of course, to be supportive and and there for everybody. But real mixed bag this year, you know? Pretty enjoyable Christmas, great time with the kids and family. We had a lot of great food. Kim was was super into it this year. Just had a little just had a really fun time. Maybe, maybe the first since the pandemic where it just felt like we were really firing on all cylinders for Christmas. I don't know. And it wasn't like gifts or money or anything. Cause Lord knows we're, <laughs> I mean that, that end of things isn't like excessive, but just, I don't know, just the right vibes and the music and I don't know that all kind of came together. So that one, that, that big hunk of bad news at the end of it all was just like, what are you kidding me? After all that, anyway um so we'll we'll deal with that as it comes and try to be um, as you know as as much of a backbone for this person as possible. My phone is interfering with my mic. let's move it um other than that, I wanted to just i don't know chime in about the new year and and some of my plans moving forward. I can tell you i'm you know. I try to always have a million little plates spinning. It's not always good for me, but I have a couple of things going on that I'm excited about. One, I'm finally going to get this children's book out that I have been promising forever and ever. Um, it's an interesting project though, because I'll be, in this case, I'm writing it. And my daughter Carter is going to illustrate it. If you followed her art at all, you'll know that she'll be perfect for this. I don't want to give too much away because we're still in the sort of the, I don't know. Not conceptual stage. We know what it's going to be, but I don't want. I don't know. I just don't want to let the bird out of the cage yet. So anyway, that's coming up soon. Um, I think I'm going to launch the finally launch the my arcade project. Uh, which you can get a hint of. Oh, I don't know if it's actually got text on it though. Does it? Hold on. Let me see if I even have uh a temporary site set up. Oh, I do, but it's full of holder text, so maybe I won't send you there yet. Anyway, the My Arcade project was something I've been working on for a couple of years, and I just haven't gotten around to it, and I think I'm finally ready to do it. But basically, it's individual commissions for um, arcade machines, but custom... This this is art, so it's drawing, but it's arcade machines that are custom-made for something somebody would want. So, for example... um, I did one called, let's see, I did a a Mandalorian cabinet. I did a Twitter cabinet. I did a Karen cabinet <laughs> during the pandemic. I did uh, one for MASH, the old TV show, uh, an old-timey one called Mustache Boxing. Um, did one for, uh, at the time, my little grandbaby, Van, So I have one called Vans Adventure. Anyway, they look like actual arcade cabinets, but all arted up to look like whatever, you know, whatever the theme is. And the concept here is somebody would be able to come forward and go, Hey, I want to, I want to lock in a position for this because I'll have limited slots and they'll say, well, um, I'm super into fishing. So can you make me a fishing arcade cabinet or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, my grandma, used to make me cookies. Can you make my grandma's cookies cabinet? <laughs> you know, whatever the, the, the sky's the limit. There's no, there's no, you know, rules, uh, about what it can or can't be other than I'm working with about three or four styles of arcade cabinet design. And they're all kind of retro setting the, you know, kind of eighties throwback arcade cabinets. one that looks a bit like a joust machine, a Pac-Man machine, a, um, Donkey Kong and so on. Anyway, that's getting close. I think that's a this year thing. And I probably do like five slots at a time because they, they'll take, they take a bunch of work. Don't know what I'm charging it, but I'll figure all that out and get you guys a link. And then the other thing, which is sort of new. Um, I don't want to give too much away on this yet, but I'm going to make a video game with a programmer and, uh, it's, a kind of game that I have fondness for. I don't want to give that away yet because genre wise, you know, whatever, but it's something I really like. It's also a simple first start kind of thing we can do. And it'll involve a bunch of art from me that I'm very excited to create for it because it's just, I have it in my head. I just need to get it out on paper. And the person I'm working with is very talented and knows what we need to do on the system side of things. And we're going to attempt to put this thing up on Steam. Uh, very inexpensive game. We're not going to charge a lot for it. And uh, where else? Well, we want to get it on Steam, uh, on Mac, on uh, iOS and Android if possible. Uh, it's the kind of game that would work pretty well with a touchscreen or mouse and keyboard. Anyway. More on that as I get closer to it. We're probably, uh, I don't know, a couple of months away from me being able to announce that, but preliminary work has begun. I'm pretty stoked about it. I just have a bucket list of, cr- of projects I want to crank, and this is one. And really, if I was able to get the book, the children's book and that this year done, I would. that would be a win. I would love that. Because at this point, Dungeon Murder, which I'm very proud of, is in the hands of everybody who ordered it off the Kickstarter for the most part. We're still m- double-checking a few customs issues and stuff where things got held up internationally, but for the most part, they're in the hands of those who wanted it, and now we can figure out a way to get them on the store as a regular item um, for those who weren't able to, to do the Kickstarter for whatever reason. Maybe you'd even hear about it until later. I don't know. So, working with my my biz guy on that. And, uh, we'll, we'll have an answer for that soon. But, uh, and then there's like five things I want to do podcast wise with existing shows and then one new thing, but I got to work out a plan. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in my head. And this is one of the problems I run into at the end of every year and the beginning of a new one. You know, most people are making, I'm going to go to the gym every day, or I'm going to lose 50 pounds, you know, whatever they're, their new year's resolutions are mine are often just like a jumble of things I really want to do. And I don't have time to do them all. And so I kind of overdo it. And I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that I'm doing that with, with everything I got going so far heading into the year, but every year just feels like I have more, pr- not more pressure, more internal pressure on myself to get it out because, um, well, the main reason is I just, I don't know, time feels fleeting. (laughs) I feel like we don't have a lot of it. And I feel like if I don't do it now, when am I going to? And I don't know, clock's ticking, baby. Clock is ticking. And when that clock's ticking, you got to pay attention. You can't just go, oh, well, uh, I have all the time in the world. So you know, I have all I have all the time. Like I remember when somebody somebody in my I don't know was in my early twenties. Somebody said, "Scott, you got all the time in the world. You're so young." Yeah, but you've the whole thing. When I get to the stage I'm at now, and I'm like, Ooh, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like that's kind of a lie. I mean, I did have a lot more time then, but. <laughs> You don't have all the time in the world. If you had all the time in the world, how old is the world? Like some 10 million years old or something? Whatever it is. The galaxy is 9 billion. Whatever it is. You don't have all the time in the world. That's all the time in the world. You have a limited time in the world. You know, only dogs have less time. And I feel like they maximize their time. You've ever noticed that about a dog? Dogs are stoked, man. They're just ready to rock. And I don't mean the little yippy ones. They don't, maybe they don't know. But most dogs are like, man, I know I've got a seven times shorter lifespan than these people who own me. I'm going to make a point every day of being super jazzed about what I'm eating, about someone coming home, about a cat outside, about a lady knocking on the door. I'm just going to be, you know, I'm going to live every freaking second like it's my last. That's what dogs do. And humans, we get a little cocky with our seven times year span, you know? We're like, eh, I'll get around to it. Oh, that'll happen someday, whatever. And then if we don't reach whatever magical level of success or stardom or exposure or or whatever word, then we get all down on ourselves and we, well, it's not worth it. You know, we do this all the time. Dogs don't do that. Dogs don't go, ah, I've been... Waiting all day for my master to come home and he's here and I, I want to jump on him and lick him and walk with him and lay on his lap at night. And I just want to be with him all the time. If we had that attitude about everything in our day, man, what a what a life that would be, you know. I'm sure there are things about dog life that are less than uh, perfect or, or desirable. I don't know what those would be, but I'm sure there's something. If my dog could speak, she would probably have stuff to say <coughs> contrary to my rosy view of dog life. But for now, I'm just going to assume it's all it's all party all the time with them, you know, because it sure seems to be sleep when you want. Uh, eat and someone brings you food, you don't have to go find it, you don't have to hunt for it. You know, you got toys, you got bones, you got, you know, all that. You got cats to harass. You got uh, strangers to bark at. People to jump up on when you're excited to see them. You know, like you got the whole, you got the pantheon of happiness. What do we have? We have long hours at the office. We have too much time spent in traffic. We have, you know, car payments due. Uh, also the car lost a axle. I don't know. I can't think of a good part to lose, but you know, Oh, I got to take it into the shop. That's going to take, that's going to take another six weeks plus half my pay to make sure I just even just have the basic necessity of a, of a car. I mean, you can get really down in the, in the, in the, in the gutter if you want to think about human existence and how, how petty a lot of it is for us. (laughs) So I don't recommend doing that because I think you can get a taste of it right here. I'm doing it now. But um, I really want this next year to be go, 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 but lots of moments of, all right, chill out. Because that's the one thing I think in 2023 I did not do for myself. I, I had a lot of go, go and not a, not a lot of relax for a second. And I think you need the right mix of that. See, the one thing, here's another thing we can learn from dogs. They might be hyper and stoked and freaky all day or for a good portion of the day, but they also nap like mother effers, right? And I mean, those, I think those dogs, they're just doing self-care. So why wouldn't I? And I don't just mean naps. I mean, like, you know, I don't know. Just go outside and look at the tree for a while. <laughs> look at the tree. Like there's a, just a tree, but you know what I mean? Soak it in get a little sun, put the project aside for a little bit, go upstairs, play with the dog. Speaking of dogs, you know, take him to lunch. I mean, we do those things. I just want to make them more of a priority so that when I am nose to the grindstone, I guess I'm just, it's a little more balanced out, you know? But anyway, I just feel motivated. I feel stoked. I feel excited. Uh, you know, a few setbacks in our in our family situation with these, you know, with this latest news of someone with cancer. Um, uh, for the for whatever reason, I cannot get. No matter what they give me, I can't get my blood pressure normal when I'm in the the, the doctor's office. I'll check it at home, and I'm super chill, and it's fine. I'm I'm within all the happy ranges. I go into the doctor's office and they do one when I first get there and they're like, Oh, you're high on the the systolic, whatever. And I'm like, well, shit. Can we try it at the end of the things? Like, yeah, we'll try it again. And they'll try it again. And it does go down, but it's always like just a little higher than it should be by the end of the appointment. I think I just have this thing where if I'm, I go into a place where I've got the pressure of it all, I just, you know, this stuff just goes up, but you know, I'm getting older. These things happen. My dad had high blood pressure. It's probably just genetic. I've lost a bunch of weight this year, so some of those goals were good. It's not quite my maximum I'd like to do, but I got that going. I'm working on that. I could work better. I, I think I I didn't exactly eat the smartest during the holiday. I think I was pretty good, but I wasn't, not that I have to be perfect, but I wasn't like in the zone the way i would hoped i was um as many of you know i, I i'm trying i try to avoid sugar uh but it was hard so there were a few times a little cave in here and there you know somebody made some extraordinary cookies for Hall or for christmas brought them uh, brought them over a neighbor what was i supposed to do ignore those entirely what am i a machine what am i a binary uh, robot who can just say yes and no and that's all he knows come on now that's not me that's not you that's not nobody you got to have a cookie occasionally if you don't have a cookie then what are you doing what is life now one cookie good deal stop there don't maybe eat the whole plate remember that remember that bert and ernie where ernie uh got a big plate of cookies or there was a big plate of cookies. I think they may have been Bert's cookies, but yeah, that's the deal. They were Bert's cookies, but Ernie was so tempted that he was like, well, if I just take, I'll just take a nibble off one of these cookies. So he just takes like a little, a little chunk off the top of a cookie. And then he realizes that it looks weird. It doesn't, the plate is no longer got the perfect composition and so he says, well, maybe I just need to take a little off this other one and then this other one. And before you know it, he's he's bitten bits of cookie off, many of the cookies, and it's really starting to look like a nightmare. So he's like, well, well if I round them off so the cookies are round again and no longer have little bite shapes taken out of them, then then Bert will never know. So he did that. And now he's got little tiny cookies. that were where they used to be big cookies. Anyway, by the end of it all, Bert or Ernie has basically eaten the cookies. And Bert shows up and is all like, Ernie, Ernie, you know, their whole thing, their whole, their whole vibe, those two. Why am I telling this story? There's a lesson in there, I guess. Don't be like Ernie. I mean, Ernie's a fun loving guy, but do not eat the whole plate of cookies, especially if it's your, your roommate of so many years, you know, Bert and Ernie, they're, they're inseparable. Why are they together all the time? I mean, some people have like theories that they're a couple or some bull crap like that. But here's my take. I think Bert and Ernie are stuck together because they're in a a, a rent controlled situation in New York and can't afford to A, live on their own or B, move out of that place and have rent go up wherever they end up going. So they're staying where they can, where they have at least some rent control, still expensive, but with two incomes, they can make it work, right? No wonder Bert would be frustrated because he's spent time, money, whatever on those cookies, and Ernie's in there, just going, "Oh, let's see if he notices." You know, <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't blame Bert if he was if he demanded better out of his roommate. I always, I, I always felt like if you were to say, "Well, who was I more like?" I would say I'm more like Ernie, personality-wise. But I commiserate with Bert, and maybe that's just more. The older I get, the more the more like Bert I get over time. You're Ernie when you're a kid. You're Ernie in your teens and your twenties. You start burting out around thirty-two or so, and then you're just a Bert till the end. You're just freaking Bert, you know. You go to your grave as Bert, Ernie, Ernie, you know. And unlike Ernie, Bert has just stick hands. He doesn't have, he doesn't have hands you know, hands inside of his hands to move them. Like where's Ernie while he's eating those cookies and doing other stuff, he's got a full on hand in there. He's got two people running him. Well, I guess they both have two people running them, but Ernie's got a full on, you know, opposable thumbs and functioning hand, at least one. So he can grab those cookies and do stuff. Well, Bert has just got those skinny arms and the, and the non grasping hands. Which let's just be honest is a real that's a shit show for the poor guy. Life's hard enough, but when both your your upper limbs are essentially useless and can just wave around and be angry. I guess he can do the pigeon. Remember that? That was cool. Anyway, enough about Bert and Ernie. As you can tell they were a big part of my childhood and I still think of them often and and I think they're still are they active in the uh in the um on the what I now call the Elmo show because Sesame Street has been the Elmo show for about 20 years now. And when I was a kid it was such a big variety. It was it was Kermit and the Count, Bert and Ernie, the people in the city, uh Big Bird, Snuffleupagus, uh, Lub lup, lupagus, lupagus, Snuffleupagus, have you say it, uh, Oscar, the grouch, you know, go, uh, not Gosmo. What's his name? <laughs> What's his name? The one, he's my favorite Muppet, uh, on, on Sesame street. Anyway, he, uh, gone, not Gonzo. What's wrong with me? The one that's Grover. Jeez, Louises. I love Grover. When he, when he's the waiter and that bald guy comes to get food and he just cannot get the order. Right. What a classic dude. Those were all so good. But now, kids today, they're just like, oh, it's Elmo. Okay. More Elmo. Oh, Elmo's friends. Who's this? A new Muppet? Yep. How do we know him? Oh, they're Elmo's cousin. Like, Elmo, Elmo's like, you know what? You know what Elmo's like? Elmo is the Guy Fieri of Muppets. And here's what I mean he comes in to this show, this established uh, institution called Sesame Street. In the same way that Guy Fieri comes into the established institution, which is the very, at the time, very seriously taken food network, right? It's all about culinary excellence and Michelin stars and people who win awards. And you come in there and show us how to make stuff. And it's, you know, long cooking videos with the entire recipe, all all that sort of stuff. He comes in, wins a contest that channel is now the Guy Fieri channel. There's occasionally some other competition. Half the time he's hosting those too, but you know, once in a while you'll get like Bobby Flay doing his own thing or whatever, but those are no longer like serious. It's more like Bobby Flay versus everyone else who will win the br- 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 and they're going to build cakes and who's going to judge the cake and all that. He came in there and made that channel, the Guy Fieri channel in the same way. Uh, Elmo swooped into Sesame Street and made it Elmo, wall-to-wall Elmo. And I don't blame Elmo or Guy Fieri. I, I blame the powers that be in each situation that are like, whoa, our views went up. Money to be made. Focus on the one guy. Focus on the one Muppet, you know? Kind of a bummer. I like the variety. Like, where's my 12 chocolate cakes guy or the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Or even better, the new, 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 new the, the 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 typewriter guy. You remember him? Oh, I'm speaking to a very specific generation here. But he would come out going new, 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 new. And then he'd see a frog and he'd type frog on his chest and say frog. And then some shitty thing would happen to him. (laughs) You know, I remember when they made a, they did a parody of rebel yell by Billy idol and they called it rebel L. It was the letter L being all rebellious, the rebel L. And they sang it just like the song. Oh, it was great. I'm telling you those days. And I don't just mean the Jim Henson days. There were plenty of days post Jim Henson that were fine, that were great, great seasons, great whatever. Uh, you know, crucial part of my childhood growing up. But now everybody's got Miss Rachel on YouTube and freaking Coochie and Cloachie or whatever. I don't, I can't think of it. <laughs> I think I just made up a fake kids cartoon. I mean I guess kids do have Bluey and Bluey's amazing. You'll get no you'll get no um uh what's the word? You'll get no dis, uh what's the word I'm trying to say. You'll get no dissent from me on the Bluey takes. I love Bluey. But Bluey a lot like our early Sesame Street was was for kids, but there were there was a reason for adults to watch. You were validated as a parent. You felt like that some of those jokes, kids are never going to get some of those jokes. They weren't dirty or anything, but they were like, you know, jokes that were a little above them and you would get them. Meanwhile, the kid's still getting whatever the lesson is, you know, or whatever the thing to learn is. So, you know, the count, why is the count great? It's not just because he counts. The count is great because the count is like all the Draculas we grew up with. So that's funny. A kid doesn't know what the, what a Dracula is or a vampire, a Dracula. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kermit the frog here doing his news segments. Like that's, that's a parody of adult news coverage, but to a kid, it's just Kermit talking to a funny character, usually Grover doing some dark, dark Grover business, some dark Grover magic. Anyway, I'm just a, I'm a massive fan of Sesame Street and I don't know what my point was. I have come full circle and I don't remember where the circle started. So instead of doing anything else about it, I'm going to end it here, but I would love to have your, your thoughts and your feedback as I attempt to make one more attempt to make a new year of regular diary entries, not just two or three a year, but like, you know, I'd love to get back to weekly. I don't know why I don't do that. Maybe I mean, you know what I maybe need to do? Maybe I need to make this thing live. Then I'll I'll feel the pressure of like, okay, it's today at noon or whatever. And I just have to get up and I just have to do it because people are there waiting. You know, sometimes that's a real motivator. And I'll admit we did it. We decided to take this week off of TMS. So no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Today's Thursday. So just a, a single week of TMS off for the holiday. And we rarely do that. We usually have a, a couple in there, but we thought, you know what, let's give ourselves Some space. Let's just do it. It's good for us for the morning stream. And Brian agreed and I agreed and it was like the perfect thing to do. But I still think about it all the time about how much I, I mean, every day I miss it. And I worry that everybody's going to think we died or something. Like even though I announced it and made it clear and put it everywhere and it's on the schedule and all that, I still get this sinking feeling that somebody somewhere is not going to hear this. (laughs) <laughs> or hear, sorry, hear that show ever again, because they think we left. So anyway, my point is, uh, streaming that every day has a way, you know, and, and, and directly interfacing with listeners uh, in real time has a way of making you show up or not coming up with a reason why I can push off an episode. You know what I mean? The way I would with it, with the diary. So maybe that's what I do. I don't know. That seems dumb. Who wants to hear this on live? Nobody, right? That's what I'm saying. I need your, I need your feedback. All right. You can send me an email. Uh, There's a million ways to contact me, but uh, Scott at frogpants.com will get to me. You can also go to frogpants.com slash contact. And there's a ton of ways to get a hold of me in there. Discord these days, kind of the best way to get me. I have to admit it's the quickest way. Just friend me up. I friend everybody that friends me. Occasionally I get like some, you know, porny robot scammer and I have to block them. But, you know, normal people, I, I friend all the time. So go to the Discord. It's it's linked on that page or directly at frogpants.com slash Discord. It's f- it's free and it's open and it's there's nothing. There's no reason not to join. It's not behind some paywall or behind some, you know. It's not a special club. Anybody can get in. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. That is going to do it for me. Thank you all for listening. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope you have a great new year. And I hope we have this chance to talk again soon. Mm, Bye now. FrogPants.com.